like a lot of salons worked really hard to foster the team mentality. Um, and on, in all honesty, initially it came from, if I make it feel really team-like and they're helping each other, then the, and the clients are shared, then the clients will stay right. Like go back way early in the salon. It was very much from the mentality of keeping clients in the business in case we lost a hairdresser. And it morphed pretty quickly to no, like we need to work together as a team because that's going to keep my team in the business, you know, and whatever, we'll find new clients. You know, I don't want to have to find new team unless it's because we're growing. Like I want to keep all the people here. Hey friends, I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast, a podcast for beauty industry providers and business owners that are wanting to level up their game to create a profitable career. If you're feeling stuck and you want more out of this industry, then join me as I share with you my strategies, lessons I've learned along the way, and how I overcame fear by shifting my mindset to build a healthy business. I built a solid book behind the chair, launched a bridal company, became a salon suite owner to most recently opening up a salon. As creative entrepreneurs, we need an education that empowers us and makes an impact on helping us raise our standards. My mission is to teach you how you can reach your goals quickly, build your books and your business faster, and master the framework for creating a successful and rewarding career. Thank you for joining me. Let's do this. Welcome to your Game Changer Podcast. Welcome back to the Beauty Business Game Changer Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Alvarez. Today, you guys, I am super excited about this guest because I've been binging on all of her content on IG. She is such amazing powerhouse in our industry. She's a former salon owner, the board member of the National Association of Women Business Owners, a motivation speaker, and a leadership expert. She's the founder of Talent Match and the founder of Matchable. You guys, this is going to be an amazing podcast. You cannot miss it. Welcome to the podcast, Steph Fox. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I This is such a hot, hot topic right now about your expertise and about everything that you are offering and sharing with our industry. So I just can't wait to get into this. Um, before we get into that, I want to know, how did you get started into this industry? Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. So I did not ever think beauty was my path. Um, I was very academic growing up. So I was, you know, the kid in school that was like busting through all the AP classes, completely bored out of my mind, honestly. And I just wanted out of school. Um, but my parents had this whole vision of, of course, you're going to go to college because you're smart. And so I ended up with a full ride academic scholarship and I went for three weeks and I dropped out. And I remember coming home and I told my mom, um, hey, I'm going to go to cosmetology school. <laughs> and she was like, what? <laughs> like, absolutely not. I mean, it was like a hard no. She's like, you are not doing that. Um, in fact, she told me point blank, you are wasting your brain. And thankfully, the other side of my mother is that she is very, um, like, I am woman and very independent. And she put that in me. And I was pretty much like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to cosmetology school. Um, and so I did. And, and I, you know, flash forward almost 19 years, I've been in this industry and I know that story belongs to so many stylists where somebody has said like, not the right choice. Like, why would you do that with your career? And so I just, 
gosh, I look back, I'm like, what did make me pick beauty? Like, how did I land here? And really the only thread that I can possibly um, attach myself to is that my best friend was in cosmetology school at the time. And I don't really recall us talking about like me becoming a hairdresser. I think I was just bored and totally influenced by the fact that it was my best friend. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. Um, and so here I am, you know, I love it. I did end up going back to college because I am a total education junkie, but I love this industry so much. It's just awesome. Oh my gosh. I, and I think a lot of people can relate right now to, they just kind of fell into it. It wasn't like a well thought out plan. It was just like going through the motions, you know, but obviously it was the, the right move for you because you're such a, an asset to our industry. So from after beauty school, did you start right away or did you, you were just going to college again? Yeah. So after beauty school, again, being a total education, you know, lover, I got done. And my mom at that point had kind of bought in a little, she's like, okay, I went to Innovative Institute. Um, I graduated and I was like, I want more education. So I actually immediately upon getting, um, graduating, not even having my license yet, I graduated and I went out to Vidal Sassoon in Santa Monica and I went through their 10 week technical Academy. And that was amazing. I was like 18 years old <laughs> living on, uh, living at the beach in Santa Monica in an awesome hotel that my mother was thankfully paying for and going to this Academy every day. It was like the best. So that's really, that kind of kicked off my career technically. And I fell in love with California while I was there. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. And so as soon as I was done with that program, I actually moved out to Los Angeles straight away. I was barely at that point now 19 and found some roommates on Craigslist. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure out this life out here in the beauty industry. Um, and when I was there, I ended up getting connected to Aveda. And so I spent really the first decade almost decade of my career working with the Aveda Corporation in a variety of roles, um, retail management, sales, education, consulting, like it kind of just kept evolving um, into really led me down the path I landed in that kind of took me to salon ownership and where I'm at today with Talent Match. That is incredible. And I think that is you know, I always tell like beauty school students, like do not stop education. Like there's always going to be something more to learn and you have to really reach out to others who have gone before you and help to like mold and shape you because otherwise I feel like, you know, you're going to be subpar all the way and become stagnant. So yes. And Aveda is so critical. It is. It's incredible. And the, just the network and, and even beyond Aveda, I mean, at this point, like I have so many networks that I tap into that come from different product brands. What I see happening now is our networks are not really surrounded by the brand we carry. Like we've started to blend and bleed over into each other, which I absolutely love. Because if you go back literally just 10 years, it was very much like Aveda people hung out with Aveda people and Paul Mitchell people hung out with Paul Mitchell people and, and all of our salons, you really only hung with the salons that carried the product brand you carried. And that is dissolving. Like those walls are coming down. And I love that because there is so much knowledge in every one of those networks and those networks bring different value to each of their bases. So the fact that we collectively are like, no, we're not going to just stay in our network. Like we're going to go beyond and we're going to meet people. It's so fun. And I can't, say enough. I mean, my entire career success, I can attribute to my mentors, you know, just really being completely fearless to reach out to people and say, can I pick your brain? I need help. What do you think I should do next? Um, I have a really good friend. Um, 
Katie Whitledge. I'm not sure if you, you've probably interviewed her. Yeah. So she owns Meet Your Stylist. She's a great friend of mine. And we were having a conversation one day about, she's like, Stephanie, you just know everybody. And I'm like, well, it's because I'm not afraid. And you actually did this to me, Jennifer. I'm like, I'm not afraid to just reach out and say, Hey, I'd like to meet you. You know, like that's how we grow. And, and that's my encouragement to anybody in this industry is if somebody is catching your attention, whether it's at an event on social media, whatever, something you watch, find them and reach out and ask to connect because more than likely in our industry, they're going to say yes. And you're going to find yourself with this person who might become a very good friend or a great mentor, or just give you some nugget of advice that changes your whole trajectory. Like I, I literally attribute like my success to the moments in my career where I've just met these people that have been willing to give me their time. And I think so many people too, who have gone before, they're always looking for other people to say, come on, let's go. Let me, yes. let me bring you up to speed. Like, you know, I know that I'm more than willing to be like, I'm going to share everything that I know because so many more people are doing that for me too, and still are. And I think that it's just such a beautiful, you know, passing the baton back and forth, I think is, it's just a beautiful thing. And yeah. And I met you on clubhouse. You were yeah. I, I don't even remember what room we were in, but you just spoke so eloquently and with knowledge and um, conviction. And I was just like, I need to know her. We're going to be friends. <laughs> so I reached out like, oh, I loved hearing you on Clubhouse. And that's just really how it starts with like networking and, and uh, getting to know people, you know, otherwise you're, you live in Ohio. So would we ever have met? I don't know, but yeah, exactly. You got to reach out to people. <laughs> so to, about a decade of working with Aveda, what were some like key, like milestones or points of education that had caused or really helped the creation of Talent Match? Yeah. So the biggest value um, for me that in terms of where I landed now was really because of the number of salons I had access to, right? So I was in these roles where I was in salons all over the country and most of the team members I was working with were in my general vicinity of age. And so they trusted me and they saw me as kind of an expert that could help them. And then they kind of shared with me like all the things they liked and all the things they didn't like about their career, the salon they worked in, you name it. They just kind of spilled the beans. And it started for me initially, really this question of like, why are we missing each other? Because at the same token, I would get all this insight from the stylist. And then I would be like at dinner or in a meeting with the owners. And I'm getting all this information from them about what they like and don't like about their teams and about growing a business and all their frustrations and you know the heartache and headache of salon ownership. And so I just like, okay, we're just missing each other. Like something is not right. Like I was like that middleman that they both trusted. And so I'm a data nerd. I like asking questions. I would say I'm highly curious by nature. And so I started conducting these surveys, which were so simple in the beginning. It was like a survey monkey, like five questions just to understand what people were thinking. So I could start to get my head around what behaviors we could change to shift that reality. Like I think very much in like, what's the problem or the goal we have and what behavior drives the solution, right? That's how my brain is wired. So I just started that and then flash forward, you know, gosh, 10 years later, and I own a research and team building agency that is fully based on data and really the data from the workforce that says like, what do you need from us? Why do you want to work for us? Um, how do we find you? 
you know, and I just like to bring solutions to the market that help that. And it all came from that access to all of those salons that just trusted me with their pain. I love that you took that situation of almost being like the, the soundboard for the stylist soundboard for salon owners. And like, you can see the similarities of like, I'm kind of hearing the same yeah. type of conversation, but yet we're missing the mark. We're, we got to bridge that gap here of like, how do, how do we communicate together? And I love this data. Cause it's not just your opinion. You're like, yeah. this truly, <laughs> this is truly is what is happening. And we're seeing so many different shifts. I think that consumer behavior, you know, now it's more of a um, em- employee's options. You know, they have more options than ever of yeah. what works best for them versus the salon owner being, you know, picky and choosy. So it's like, it, we have to change with these times. What's kind of some of the things that you've, you were interested in or the data that you collected that were, was very like, wow, that's incredible. You know, I think the biggest awareness for me over all the years of the data has been the thing they say they care about the most. And the the number one thing they say when they're picking a salon to work in is they want a team that feels like a family. So when we hear that, it can feel like this, like big, well, okay, we're all family. Like we all self-describe as families, but in reality, we have to go so much deeper into what that really means by location so that we can land in the right family as a stylist or that as a business owner, we can collect the staff members into our right family. And so for years, I would, initially my research was really around like millennials and Gen Z and understanding the like behaviors of our consumer and then how that applied to our employees. And I got a lot of feedback from owners that were like frustrated that these kids are entitled. And, you know, I was one of those kids, right? Like it was, I was Gen Y that now is loved into millennials. So I hear all these kind of complaints about all of us. And now I can look at it and say, well, no, it's not really as like the business owner that you have to play into the entitlement. It's that you have to play into their heart, right? Like who are you and why the hell should they work for you? And so I feel like when that clicked for me and I could actually bring a solution that wasn't basically me saying, yeah, you're right. Like you do have to play into everything they say that they want. Um, that changed a lot. It changed a lot for me as a business owner, because I owned a salon for almost 10 years myself. And it changed a lot in terms of how I feel like I helped solve the problem because there's nothing worse than feeling like you're struggling in your business and your team wants all these things from you that you just don't know how to give. Maybe you don't even have the capacity financially to give in some cases, if it's about around the money. So the fact that there's a bigger, better reason, and it's really like that heart piece, that was like, okay, this is powerful data and we need to do something with this. Now, going to your salon ownership days, did, were you going through these motions as well of like feeling um, maybe the struggle or the, all of the learn, learning curves that go into business ownership? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I got my ass kicked like so many times. I mean, I opened a salon after having been in education and consulting roles and truly having been in thousands of salons around the country, right? Thinking I got this, like I'm helping all these salons grow. I can do this. Oh my gosh. Like jokes on me. 
Um, the first three years was the best and the most challenging time of my life ever. Thankfully, I was kid-free and really responsibility-free and really could just hustle because hustle is exactly what it took for me to survive it. Um, mental hustle, emotional hustle, financial hustle, like all the hustle was in. And I learned a lot. Yes. I mean, I know exactly what it feels like to lose staff. You know, have somebody come and tell you, you know, I'm going, I'm moving on. You know, I want to go be a booth runner. Um, I know what it feels like to need talent and not know how to source them. You know, I know what it feels like to look at my cash flow and be like, where are you? Like, where's the money? Like, how do I make this profitable? Um, and again, I would totally go back to what I said earlier around what got me through that were my mentors. It was going to, I'll never forget this. I had, um, not that long ago, actually, I had a, in 2018, early 2018, I lost two staff members out of my business and it was painful financially. I mean, we, it was like $200,000 in revenue straight out the door and it was painful for my heart. I mean, these were girls that had worked for me for six or seven years and it wasn't, um, it wasn't a terrible exit, but it also wasn't pretty. I felt like most owners feel where you're kind of just heartbroken and you feel a little deceived and they didn't talk to me the way I hoped that they would, even though I felt I had done my best to express, like, if anybody wants to leave ever, like, just let's have a conversation. You know, I, I really had to dig in and say, what could I do different? But what I did when that financial hardship hit and that like heartache hardship hit is I called, um, one of my best mentors. She lives in New York and she owns a salon and, um, she does education and consulting in the industry as well. And her best friend happened to be there too, visiting who's also a salon owner and very successful businesswoman. And I'm like crying my eyes out at lunch. Right. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, I feel like I'm failing, you know, I work in these leadership roles and like, this just happened to me. And I will literally never forget one of them saying to me who she, her business was 14 years old at the time. She's like, Stephanie, do you know how many times I have had to go to my line of credit to pull money, to put in the bank, to cover payroll, you know, and then go to my credit card and pull money and move it here to cover the line of credit. Like how many times we go through these ups and downs in business. And it's not about the up or the down so much as it's about your desire to persevere and you're going to come through it to be sitting in that moment, having these women who I view as the most incredible women in this industry. Tell me, yeah, I know what it feels like to not know how to make payroll too right now. It was like mind blowing because I thought no way they've ever been there, right? No way. And here they are telling me, yes, yes, I have been there and I've been there more than once. And I didn't stay there. And that was just like, okay, all the power I needed to get back in my business and be like, okay, I can do this. Like, I'm going to find a solution. Wow. That is incredible. And I think that you know, as, as a business owner, you know, there is always the ebb and flow and the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, and you have to know who you can reach out to when you, when you fall down, because you yes. will fall down. So you, if you don't have a fall down person, like, <laughs> you're going to stay down, you know, like you have to have one. And I have to say, and this, somebody gave me this feedback this weekend and it was like, it's always my favorite, um, compliment when they just tell me like, you know, we appreciate how real you are. And so I am committed. And, and I feel this way about you too, having listened to your content, like I'm committed to all the honest truth around how easy it can be and how hard it can be and how heartbreaking it can be and how rewarding it can be, because there's no such thing as this like perfect path where it always feels good and easy. 
no matter who you are, it's never that way. And so um, you need that pick me up person for when you're in that down spot. And you also need maybe even more, you need the person you can call and like celebrate with and not feel self-conscious of like, oh, they're going to think I'm bragging or they're going to think I'm egotistical. Like you should be shouting your successes from the rooftops because we work so hard to get them, you know? So having that safe person you can celebrate with, I think is just as important as the person you call crying. Like, how am I going to do this? Yeah. And I, I really don't think that we celebrate enough, you know, even for ourselves, I was just listening to a podcast with Mel Robbins and she was talking about her newest book. Um, something about the high five theory or something. Have you heard about that? Uh -uh. Anyways, the point was like every day, look in the mirror at yourself and give yourself a high five because you got this and you can do it. And it's like, you have to you know, I think that that perseverance comes from self-belief that you yeah, are yeah. capable of, of getting through that difficult time, you know, but that's how, that's how you continue that growth path, you know, and I believe that, totally. um, I don't know what your beliefs are, but, you know, I believe that, you know, God can use our weakness to evolve us to become stronger and use that for something even greater, you know, so absolutely years into business, you, you hit a little bit of a, a curve, but you kept going. What, what were those last, um, two years? Like, obviously besides the pandemic, but what were those last <laughs> two years of like this coaster, you know, because you did end up yeah. having an exit strategy, which I think all salon owners need. But what was that like from there? You know, what was that turning point? Yeah, well, really when the team members that left, left and I had that kind of, wow, really look in the mirror, you know, like I had to get down and practice what I preach all the time, which is take the feedback and ask yourself um, what that feedback is really telling you. And, And, you know, without all the barriers, you know, of course I wanted to tell myself that I had talked to them about leaving and I had asked them to share it with me and I had been as open as possible. And, you know, I really had to check in, um, and figure out where could I evolve. And so I spent like the six weeks after those two team members left doing a lot of soul searching, a lot of, um, conversations with my team about give me all the feedback like where can I grow and how can I serve you better? And what do you need from me that I don't bring to the table right now? Um, As well as what do I bring the table that you love and how do I help support you? And how have I helped you get some wins? And so collectively, you know, again, the data nerd in me, I started researching and coming up with a strategy for how I could show up the way I was intending to show up because clearly I had some gaps. And so that really shifted so much. I mean, it, it changed everything from, Um, And I would have said prior to that, like a great team, I mean, amazing team, great relationships. I would call them friends as well as employees. And I was really only working in my business at that point, right? (laughs) I was only working in my business about four hours a week. You know, it's a very fortunate salon owner in that I had a successful, profitable business that I wasn't in all the time. You know, I was rarely there. So I had this great team, but I knew that like, okay, something was missing. I had to evolve. These two women felt like they needed to leave. And it wasn't even that they needed to leave so much as the heartache of how I felt they handled it. So I came back from that. It took me about nine months to rebuild the financial hit. You know, realistically, it was around nine months before I saw that revenue that had kind of walked out 
back in and we were consistently where I needed us to be. And that took us into the latter half of 2018 and all through 2019, of course, up to, you know, the March of 2020. And that was the best year, not just financially. I was fortunate every year we had this nice growth, but like emotionally, it was the best year of salon ownership I've ever had. I mean, I remember just looking at my team and being like, I love these women, like love them. Like they are so awesome. And the level of peace you feel when you love every single person on your team is so much different than when you like your team. Mm -hmm. And it really, for me, it was like, I will never hire somebody again that I don't love. And at the point that I don't feel that love, we have to have a conversation about what the future of the relationship looks like. You know, we feel so um, held hostage as salon owners to employees that are successful inside of our businesses. And oftentimes their success is just monetary. It's not really filling our cup and we're not maybe filling theirs, right? They kind of become these um, solos in our business. And I was like, I'll never do that again. And as a result, I mean, oh my gosh, we thrived. Like I thrived, they thrived. It was so good. And then, yes, I was very fortunate, you know, to come through the pandemic and have uh, everybody came back. I didn't have any team loss. Everybody rallied. We had the best three months of our business ever. The first three months after we reopened um, from a client count, new client count, as well as revenue and profit perspective. And then I just had this uh, phenomenal, um, very literally divine God-given opportunity in September of 2020, a buyer approached me about um, taking on my business. And it was the right time in my life for that. So I could transition into what I was doing next. And you know what? My team is all still together working for her. One person has left and that was over a year ago. So they are just this incredible crew of women. And I really feel like that last year um, before I sold of us together, the bonding that occurred made such a difference for the fact that they're still there today, even with a new leader. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I love how that, that all happened for you. Um, that's, that's incredible. I love that. So I would love to know, okay, you've been really working diligently on this data and yes. that data <laughs> has evolved into the talent match. Is that right? Yeah. That's okay. the brand. Uh huh. I would love to also, if, if you have a moment, there was a clubhouse that we did and I was in it and I loved it. I just ate it all up. I was, I was driving at the time, but I was like, Oh my God, I need to take notes. <laughs> um, but you went through like an exercise when it came to like using the data and what we think like our salon culture is and like how we can make a shift to describe what we're looking for, you know, because I yeah. think that, I think that the reason why we're not attracting the right teammates and or the right clients is because we haven't identified what we really want to attract. hundred percent, like a thousand percent, actually. <laughs> so true. And, and it's difficult. I will say as like a salon owner, you know, it, I always wake up with gratitude, but there are moments periodically throughout the day that I'm like, Oh my God, we need more clients. Oh my God, we need more people. <laughs> you yeah. can't help but to feel like you need more, you know, yeah. but I, I will say, I always shift my mindset of, no, I'm grateful for exactly what we have right now, you know? Um, yep. but I think that we're in this market where a lot of salon probably feel like I'll just take anybody. And then this is when disasters yeah. happen. We're like, I don't even like you. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, 
And I think that's so important when you're really molding and shaping your own culture and your own salon family is, and I love that you said, I loved my team because we as a salon owner need to have that servant mentality. We serve our people. We build them up and grow them. And sometimes it's hard to serve somebody that you just don't like or love. <laughs> it's like impossible. If, if, you're, if you're mean, it's impossible. You know, I just, it's hard enough. You know, one of the things I always did with my team annually was the love language assessment and to kind of really understand how they like to be cared for. And so many of them were words of affirmation. And that is not my strength for giving, right? I have all the thoughts in my head and my heart. They do not leave my mouth unless I get really intentional. Like I had like calendar reminders, like say blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, do it. We did these gratitude um, monthly things because I just, I feel them so strongly, but I'm so focused on a million things that they just don't leave my mouth. And um, I think the ability to get in front of your team and share with them that you love them is critical to them really feeling it. And if I don't really love you, I am the world's worst BSer. Like it is not going to come out well. Like I just can't. So like, I have to love you. Like I have to just think there's something amazing about you like that I can share with real authenticity because otherwise I'm not going to share it. And then what is that doing for our relationship? I'm very curious too. Like after you had two people who left for whatever the reasons were, did you, you sat back and you looked at yourself, but did you also look at the team that you had and say, you got to go, you're staying, you're staying, you got to (laughs) go. You know, I had a, an experience, I think a lot of salons have, which is when people leave the rest of the team comes forward and they're like, thank the Lord they're gone. And I was like, what? Like complete oblivion that the two people that left actually were being viewed by some of the other team members as kind of like bullies or maybe not really team players. And I had no idea. I saw kind of just their banter and their kind of friendliness. And I I certainly knew that these two people had stronger personalities is how I would put it, but I thought it was just kind of part of the group. So there was nobody else that needed to leave. It was actually such a blessing in disguise, which again, I think most salon owners end up with this feeling if we really dive in and and look at it. Um, It was great that they left, you know, it let the rest of the team come together in such a powerful way. And it let other people on the team level up that previously were intimidated by people on the team that I had no idea just didn't know that they felt like that person was kind of a bully. Wow. I, I, I love, I love that you're saying that. I think that that's, you know, the, the environment can either hold you back or catapult you to the next level. You know what, at that point too, did you feel like you were getting more specific on like, these are the people that belong within the culture of this salon. Absolutely. You know, it was a labor of love and lots of practice that, that got me to the ability to offer things like this through talent match, because I've lived it myself, you know, surveying and asking questions internally and really assessing, like, if I looked at my entire team, how would I describe the things that they value? How do I look at the behaviors they do and put words to that in terms of a value or Um, a character trait. And of course, asking them to self-describe and then kind of looking at all of that together and analyzing who are we, you know, so that I could get really intentional about attracting more, you know, like-hearted and like-minded 
And I say the like-hearted first because it's the most important. You know, I am somebody that builds very empowered people around me. Um, I am like one of my best strengths is delegation because I don't like to do things I don't like to do. So I feel like I attract, and in my case, it was a team of women. I attract these women and I really elevate their sense of empowerment. And I am great at delegating the responsibilities that are kind of in their wheelhouse. And then I turn around and I'm, I see all these very empowered women, which can be so awesome. And other times when they turn it back on me, I'm like, holy cow, I have 25 of you feeling very empowered to talk to me about something. <laughs> you know? And it was not always fun, but um, it's a trait I love so much in people that it was like, okay, well, this is, this is who you built, Stephanie. Like this is, this is the type of people you like to be around. So um, go find more of them you know, because this is good. This is where the good stuff happens when people actually show up and use their voice to um, question, you know, that highly curious. So yeah, I attracted a team that I could describe as empowered and highly curious, you know, and beyond caring, right. Full of love and sense of service. We like a lot of salons worked really hard to foster the team mentality. Um, and on, in all honesty, initially it came from if I make it feel really team-like and they're helping each other, then the, and the clients are shared, then the clients will stay, right? Like go back way early in the salon. It was very much from the mentality of keeping clients in the business in case we lost a hairdresser. And it morphed pretty quickly to, no, like we need to work together as a team because that's going to keep my team in the business, you know, and whatever, we'll find new clients, you know, I don't want to have to find new team unless it's because we're growing. Like I want to keep all the people here. So um, yes, you, you've got to, to your previous statement, put words to who the people are you want to work with so that you can go out and make sure those people know how to find you. Otherwise they don't know that you're all those things. I, I think that's beautiful because, you know, we look at what, what do we have out as far as that we are hiring, you know, what does that process look like? And, and why would, why would some, you know, a uh, student from beauty school, look at our website or look at our Instagram and say, oh, I would love to work there. You know, like, what is it that's drawing them in? And are we talking about those, um, those value power words that describe the culture and describe who we're looking for? And I, I think that's incredible too, that you're, you're saying the, the customer, we can always find more, right? Customers will come yep. and go. They make that choice of whether they want to spend their money in our business or somewhere else. But your team, your team is really is what's going to keep customers there. And I think that, you know, if it's harder to replace a, a stylist than it is for a customer. Oh, gosh. And we work in one of the few industries where consumer behavior dictates that if we lose an employee, we lose revenue. I mean, there's no getting around that. As much as all of us want to brainstorm as salon owners, like, oh, how do we make it this team service environment, right? And I've seen a million models and different styles of um, service execution that try to keep the client attached to the brand and not the employee. Forget it. You might get 1% to stay that way. but consumers are attached to their professional service provider. They sure. love the person they work with directly. And so our job then is to make sure that that service provider is attached to us, right? That they love us so much that they don't want to go somewhere else, that they don't have opportunities that are more um, alluring or beneficial for them. You know, that the feelings and the 
uh, growth inside of the brands that we create are exactly where they would want to be. And that looks a lot different today. And that's why people are having such a hard time. Um, because not only do we have to get clear on who we are so that we can attract that best candidate, but we've got to get clear on how we evolve our business offerings to meet the needs of today's workforce. Because if you're still, I'll give the example I feel like is the hottest topic right now. If you're still absolutely convicted that your new talent has to work nights and weekends in order to get busy enough to then not work nights and weekends, you're losing. Like this is not gonna work. Um, that is not the preference of the workforce today. Right? They want a level of flexibility and lifestyle balance that doesn't come from working every weekend for the next five years. Right, it, It's just not what's there. And so we then have to turn the mirror around and say, well, okay, we're used to having the highest number of clients coming in in these timeframes. And we want these new talent there so they can build. And so they're off of our kind of um, expense for payroll and they're self-sustaining. Well, we've got to flip that around and ask, what are we going to do now that they may not want to work those hours? Like, how are we going to staff for the people that do want to work those hours? And that, that's our problem to solve. It's not on us to keep that their problem because they'll leave our businesses. Yeah. And I, I always tell my staff um, right from the get-go, like, it's not about how many hours you're putting behind that chair. It is what you are doing when you are behind that chair. That's what matters. Yes. That's what productivity is, is, is really, you know, maximizing that guest experience, um, you know, cause it's like, do you want a lot of clients or do you need a higher average ticket? You know, because yeah, you, you can, you can be financially successful with a small client base. If you are doing, saying the right things and offering the right things and just really making great impact with each person. And I 100%. think too, with the consumer behavior with, I mean, how many corporations are saying all employees can work from home? I don't know about yes. what you've witnessed, but we have clients that are coming in on lunch break with their computers or whatnot, because they've got yes. four hour appointments because everybody wants um, a complete makeover. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what? Client. I've been talking about that. I love it. That's that's a behavior in our um, non-beauty workforce that's going to help us solve a major pain in our workforce. Like it's brilliant. Like I love how things work out, right? It's a solution to the problem we have around flexibility. Yeah. And so like if, if staff wants to work, I just want to work these hours or whatnot, like you now have clients versus like, it was only people who would come on on Saturday during the week was cr crickets. You know, it's, yeah. it's just really wild how things are just so different, which is so important. Why talent match has is now in existence because I think that, um, you know, I'm a, I'm still a newer salon owner, but I imagine that those who've been in the business for a long time are kind of being blindsided by the change. And I think that is, would be very difficult if you've done business one way for the longest time, I, I imagine that it's very difficult for them to sh completely shift their mentality. Yeah. You know, what I see um, from the salons that I work with and the salons that I'm friends with both who kind of pour out, I still feel in that position where people pour out their pains to me, which I love because I'll collect all the research, right? But um, the brands that are nimble and say, all right, I know this is a problem. What am I going to do to solve it? Are the ones that are thriving right now. And the brands that are so focused on telling me all the reasons why the problem is such a problem and 
how the workforce is the problem are struggling, you know? So my advice to all salon owners is, is like, open your head and your heart and be brave because your business can evolve. And if you evolve your business practices to meet the preferences of your workforce, you will have the workforce, which means that you can thrive. You know, we wouldn't, maybe we would actually remember this a little bit, but like in most situations, we wouldn't um, not offer a service that consumers were suddenly wanting that was trendy because we were going to have to learn how to do it. Like, oh my gosh, right? Like balayage comes in and color melting goes out, you know, go back 10 plus years ago. Like we, it was only the old school uh, salon owners or salon stylists that were saying like, I don't do that balayage thing, right? I do highlights or I do color melting. And they lost like the new talent coming in that said, I will learn how to balayage and I will nail it. Like I will have all the balayage clients thrived. It's the same principle. It's like, okay, old school salon thinking, keep doing what you always did and don't, don't offer the new service, so to speak. You're going to fall behind or possibly close because you can't find talent. I mean, there are salons very sadly that I know more than I would care to know that close their doors because they don't have enough staff. That is awful and not necessary. And do you think that it, that happened because they just didn't shift with times? They, they didn't, is it something specific? Yeah. Um, it's, there's a lot of variables. Every market has a little bit of a different situation going on. Um, so your need to shift with speed is different in each market, right? Like some markets have more schools with more graduating students. And so you might have a little more flex in your ability to shift slowly. Whereas if you're in a market that's highly competitive and supply and demand is not in your favor, if you're not willing to make a change fast, you're going to die faster, right? You've, you've got to run to the solution, not kind of walk there. And so it really is very market dependent in my experience. And then can you tell us a little bit more about Talent Match and like, what is, what, what would we learn being a part of Talent Match? What is something that you can help us overcome these, these uh, challenges that we face? Yeah. So summed up, there's three ways that today's talent says they find us. And those ways are Instagram, schools, and Indeed. So what Talent Match does is we teach you the strategy that gets you away from what I call post and pray, which is what you all know. Like I need to hire, I post a job, I pray that somebody shows up. Um, we teach you the strategy for executing in your business to get talent from Instagram, from the schools and from Indeed. And in many cases, we also have services, not just the education to teach you how, but the services that support doing it for you. So what we're about to launch um, and we're collecting beta users around is actually recruitment services where we know from the research how critical it is that you know your ideal candidate avatar, right? Like you need to be able to uh, describe who's my perfect employee. And we know how hard that is for most salons to do. So we actually do that using um, an algorithm that was built from our data and we salon culture archetype you. And then we salon culture archetype candidates and we match you. And then we send you the candidates. So what we're doing with salons is basically saying, hey, you don't have to do all that indeed job post writing, vetting, interviewing. 
will actually bring you the candidates that we know match you after we've done one round of kind of interviews and we've given them this culture archetype. And then you can interview them from there, right? We'll kind of vet them out for you. So we're really excited to offer that because I think the biggest, um, as we've had all these growth opportunities with Talent Match, the biggest awareness has been how many salons need us to just support the doing, not just the teaching, because they don't have the staff always internally to do the execution. They want to learn. They want to solve the problem. Um, they take the courses. We have online education, but they're like, I can't do this. I don't have the staff or I don't have the time. So we're excited to be able to do it for you guys. That is incredible. And I think that it's such a, it is a crucial part of business. You have to constantly be looking for the next talent to put in your salon because it's all about growing. And, you know, I think it's great when there can be a staff member that does stay for a long period of time. But I think that unfortunately the reality of it is that a stylist, I mean, if you can get five years out of what that one person, you know, then I think that that is a success right there, you know, but if it's in somebody's heart, that they want to open up a salon or they want to do a salon suite and just be completely independent. Like that's probably good. They're going to do that no matter what, cause it's their dream, you know, but exactly. like, how can we make this? So, um, how can we make this a no brainer that you want to come work for me and that you want to stay here and, and build a business, um, within, you know, within my business. Like, and I think that it all starts from having that right communication and knowing who you are and what your team looks like. And I think that's so beautiful that you like, you bring it out of your clients, Steph. And I think that that's, it's, it, I'm, I love this conversation and that you're bringing this to awareness and to the table of like salon owners. The problem is not a generational issue or that people don't want to work. People want to make money. People want to live a rich life in many different ways, whether that's they want more time or more money for vacations or whatnot. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that you're, you're bringing all of your trials, tribulations and experience. And um, by creating this, I think it's, I mean, it's incredible. I'm so proud of you. And I, I'm just so glad that you met. Um, Steph, tell our listeners how they can find you, where they can learn from you. Um, and you guys, I'm going to make sure to put this in the show notes as well. Awesome. So the best place to follow me to consume easily is Instagram, right? I post lots of the data points and just inspiration um, on Instagram. So you can follow me at Steph, which is S-T-E-F underscore Fox. And then you can catch me on Clubhouse. I'm always on Clubhouse on Wednesdays. I host a room in the talent match room. So you can find me there. Same username for me personally. That's Steph with an F underscore Fox. And then you can check out my website, which is talentmatch.biz. And we have all of our research on there, which we offer up for free for you guys to go and consume and learn and think differently. We hope we expand your thinking um, and give you some, hopefully some hope that there are solutions out there that we don't have to just be stuck in this pain point um, that you can get moving. And then of course, all the programming that we offer, whether it's education or services, Um, is on there as well. And then actually, let me share one last really exciting thing. I am, I've taken the leap as a service-based owner from, you know, brick and mortar and consulting to I'm now in the path of being a um, woman in tech. I am building a technology platform that is going to help automate what I described with the matching, um, very much like a dating app where you're going to know 
based on looking at a candidate's profile if they're a good fit for your brand. And so that is coming in early 2022. So I'm so excited. It's called Matchable. And um, the website is matchable.me. You can also find it on my website, the Talent Match website. It's all linked. So we're kind of collecting early interest beta users right now for that. And I, I just literally can't be more thrilled. I'm so excited to bring a new solution and also just to be learning like a boatload about um, a new business model, right? We're all entrepreneurs. We love learning and expanding and bringing something different to the market. That is incredible. I love it. You are a powerhouse. And I know that our guests thoroughly enjoyed this. You guys make sure to follow Steph. Um, on Instagram, show her some love and uh, join her on Wednesdays on Clubhouse. If you guys are on Clubhouse, Steph, thank you so much for sharing all of your experience, your journey, and just so many amazing um, educational nuggets today that I'm sure a lot of people will already jump on and implement them. So thank you for being a part of the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Hey friends, thanks for being a part of the Beauty Business Game Changer podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe. And if you love this podcast, I would so appreciate to get a review from you. And there's more ways that we can connect as well. Send me a voice message and tell me where you're at in your business and how I can help you through this podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of this. And until next time, you can be the game changer. Thank you.